Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantees or the whole league that we here now. New show with a new move. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season. What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, November 18th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Southside Zoe, a.k.a. Father Zoe. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. Uh, this is just a PSA to all the agents, specifically MLB agents out there. If you want your clients to get any extra attention... The DMs are open. Do have a blue check mark, so you know, Adam, oh, eyes on Twitter. Such a subtle fucking brag. Go ahead. If you <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna connect your client to like ten teams in Major League Baseball, maybe the top three markets in MLB, you know, mm-hmm. slide into the DMs, and I'll do. I'll be glad to do that for you. Yeah, I got something on that in a minute. And that other <laughs> handsome man down there is the good Reverend K. Feds. If you're not a major league team, feel free to slide into my DMs. Um, if you're like, oh, no. <laughs> I know that, uh, well, yeah, it's good to be back, guys. I know that some of you guys might not have much to do on Wednesday night and you're joining us, and some of you guys have a lot to do on Wednesday night. So I'm glad you guys are all here. Here, you're here and you're you're near. So let's just start with what Aldo was saying. So the hot stove has officially been turned on in MLB baseball, and we've talked about it before how with the CBA discussions and this deadline in December looming. Um, we were either going to see a bum rush of deals or complete silence. And I think it's going to be the rush from what we're seeing so far. I mean, it's nothing, it hasn't been anything crazy, but I feel like it's been amplified quickly. Um, But something happened on Wednesday that was absolutely hilarious. And I'm kind of salty that we didn't get involved. I forgot (laughs) what time it was. It was in the afternoon, early in the afternoon, probably around like one or two ish central time. Four different MLB beat writers tweeted out four different teams having strong interest in Justin Verlander. And then 45 minutes later, it was announced he signed with the Astros 25 million. Let's go. Bing bong. Well, Zoe, you're in sort of like in the morning. I remember you shared the uh, Ken Rosenthal on MLB Network, and that was from the morning. And he was, well, that was yeah, that was live TV. I'm saying, though, if you look at the timestamps on all these right. tweets, Brian Billick has them all put together, like right next to each other. <laughs> if you look at the timestamps on these tweets, uh, one guy said White Sox, one guy said Dodgers, one guy just said East Coast team because he has his home in Florida and he <laughs> wants to be there for spring training. And then I forgot what the fourth one was, but then they, it's like they all did it within five minutes of each other. Like, who's Verlain? Is he a Boris guy? He's a Boris guy, right? Boris? Is he? I don't know. Well, he seems like he seems like a Boris guy. Eleven twenty-eight. Eleven twenty-eight a.m. 
Your John time? Damon, eleven twenty-eight, and it's okay. impression impression out of impression out there is Verlander might prefer a team that trains in Florida and perhaps one of the East Coast, uh, as he at least has a home in Florida. Joel Sherman and Ken Rosenthal mentioned possibility, and that was the thing. The Ro- Rosenthal was at MLB Network in the morning, and he was mentioning the you know the Yankees, Red Sox, and Blue Jays. I think. Right. So that was and the, then they just they just used the the banner East Coast team. Yeah. For that. Yeah, and then at 1.45 p.m., our good he friend. Not a, he is not a Boris guy, by the way. He's a Mark Piper ISE baseball. Yeah, that explains then, why he's got a celebrity account on bookingagentinfo.com that includes not just his agent's number, but his booking agent, his publicist, and his tour dates. Go ahead, and then the big, the big surprise that came a couple hours later, and this was – I couldn't believe that anyone took it seriously at first because it was from our guy, Bob Nightingale, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was the Chicago White Sox, who plan to be aggressive this winter, are showing strong interest in free agent Justin Verlander. Plenty of steep competition for the future Hall of Famer with the Astros still trying to bring him back. Yep. And then I replied to Billix and I said, you could act, add this one too, John Morrissey at uh, oh, half yeah. hour after yeah, the yeah. White Sox tweet tweeted out that the Dodgers are among the teams that have shown severe interest in Justin Verlander over the past week, source says. And then after all these tweets come out, a half hour later, he signs with Houston for 25. So he's probably waiting for Houston to get over like 20. That's, and that's they, all. They like the White tweets. Sox were like, we're like the, I don't even know. because <laughs> They were just the random, we're like his agent, whoever it is, was like, hey, we have another team. Yeah, we have another team too. Well, I'll give this agent credit because he went to like Bob handles White Sox shit. So yeah. he's like, Bob, at this time, shoot this tweet out. John handles West Coast shit. John, at this time, say the Dodgers are interested. This, if this doesn't show you the playbook, I don't know what I can do for you. I, I, I mean, we've done it on this show a bunch of times. I've done like some like sincere talks to the audience. We've joked about it with the audience, like. You have now seen the playbook. Yep. Just like you. And and you'll notice too, it's not Boris. It's the other agents. It's the fringe agents that play this game. I mean, well, Boris plays the game. Boris plays the game. Boris says jump, they say how high. But you could see, look, look, it's not just his guy. Javi's guy's great. Javi's guy's got him right in the the crosshairs right now with the Red Sox all of a sudden. I just have to say timeout. Because every John Heyman tweet that is about a Scott Boris client is basically a tweet written by Scott. No, Boris. I mean, I mean, I didn't mean that he wasn't doing it, but it, Boris is kind of like Boris asks jump. He says jump. They say how high. I'm saying it's it, Boris is always the one that gets that reputation, but it's not just Boris. It's all that's right. Guys. No, it's every it's every. That's what I, was I mean, that's, that's like, Javi's guys working working hard right now, and he's always right. been good. I can tell you this: the whole time he was in Chicago, obviously he did such a fantastic job of keeping the image of Javi going. As what what Javi is now is the you know all of a sudden he's the Red Sox are on like whoa that must mean he's very close to something with the Mets that's what it tells me like but that's yeah. how you can tell they're getting close when they start turning up the heat the other teams they're, the they're other a couple million teams. yep a couple million away just bump it up just a tiny bit and we're good and then boom you got it land it go grab hit mm-hmm. got our sucker and but I mean, this is I've obvious. never seen it so blatantly obvious than it was today wait till the CBA negotiations oh, I know. Well, so. that. But like, if you can't look at that and realize what happens with these beat writers now in baseball and Twitter, again, I there's there's literally nothing I can do for you. 
There's nothing I can do for you. And don't get me wrong. Part of the fun of being a baseball fan, especially being a baseball fan in the offseason, is talking about rumors and trying to connect the dots and, you know, doing the Charlie from Always Sunday Pepe Silva board with red yarn and all that shit. Like, that, it's part of the fun to me. And I like no, trade it is. Rumors. It's fun. It's, yeah. it's like shifting through the shit because in all of these, what did we see? Like, if you, if you put them all together, there was one piece that always stayed consistent and it was pretty much what ended up happening. What was the right. last sentence for every single one? But the Astros still want to keep them. Yeah. And so all was, this was, was, hey, how much, let's get that second year deal, Houston. Let's get that second year in this contract. Bump up that pay from the qualifying offer. And I mean, that's ultimately what happened. Yep. Yep. I, I just need a little bit of a push. Just needed because the push. I am personally a little salty that we didn't get a phone call being like, say the Cubs want Verlander or say, or say the confirm Bob's reports. All right. Well, oh, that would have been sick. I, I totally would have done that. Breaking news Chase and Shreve, uh, free agent, is on the verge of signing a contract with insert team here. Yeah, we can do that. Oh, you must I'll totally do that for Chasen. Are you kidding Lock me? Lock him up fast. Yeah, we got that. We're slashing prices. Crazy Larry. We're but, I mean, there's been some decent names mm-hmm. signing some decent contracts already. Uh, Shocking. Shockingly. Noah Syndergaard going to the Angels was probably the biggest, like, I got a confession to make. I secretly thought maybe the White Sox would swoop in on him. Yeah. I like but, what he did with his with his, with his – nah. With his yeah. offer too, he he accepted. I I'm sorry, though. I don't know. <laughs> I, just, right, I don't accepted. know. I thought, man, why not? <laughs> he accepted the offer on Monday, right, and then had his physical on Tuesday, which gave him the right to still accept the qualifying offer on Wednesday too. Mm-hmm. He did like he hedged his bets really well, and like how he like kind of patterned that thing out. Because again, if he, his physical came back terrible yesterday, he could just take his qualifying offer and be like, bop, 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 got it. Yep. So, it could have been like, Matt, you're stuck with me now. Yep. I have a bad arm, but you have to, just have to pay me $18.4 million. $18.4 million, please. He basically kicked the fuel goal with 17 seconds to go on third down. I mean, no, I, I love it, though, because, like, goal and he kicked it. like, we're, we we're going to see it this – we're going to see it this winter because every single time there's a, there has to be an agreement. The players never win. The players will always lose just how much they lose. Um and I'm, I just love it when there are the the whatever the case is when players do get their win. So like this case, it, let's just say if it would have been bad, let's just say Syndergaard like the his physical comes back bad and he's like, oh, you know what? I still got time. I'm accepting that qualifying offer. Yeah, thank which, you. Like what Fitz said, I I mean, play the game, man. That was yeah. smart as shit. I mean, I, 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 didn't, you. I didn't really follow up or care to follow up. I just, in my head, was like, all right, well, he's on the Angels now, but I just kept physical, right? Yeah, I he didn't. Anything. Okay. Yeah, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't stop going back. Remember, what was it? What year was it where they posted that picture of the Mets rotation? And it was all like, I think it was 2015. Uh, was it 2015? Yeah. Six years. Like, it's either 2015 up, or 2014. Mm. I mean, and look at it now. Like it's, it's nothing is guaranteed in this game, and that that could have been a close to a guarantee as it would appear to be. And shit just doesn't work out sometimes, man. That is that is another I, thing. I saw that picture too, like right after he signed with the Angels, and it was like the only one left so far now, or for them is Degrom. Yeah. And that was just another example of again, as a Cubs fan, you can't take anything for granted because again, mm-hmm. these were the NLCS against each other in 2015. And what were all? What were most of the stories after that? Oh, the Mets are locked in. The rotation is great. Like that's mm-hmm. what you need. You need. And they're all young. Right? They're all young. Yeah. The Mets are going to go on a run. Poof. 
Six yep. years later, you have Jacob DeGrom left. And everyone oh, else. that would have been a perfect bing bong. Yeah, <laughs> it's over. But um, so that was the big one. And I mean, I really hope he can find it. I really hope Syndergaard can find that old magic. I get, I'm, I'm sick of not seeing Mike Trout in the playoffs. <laughs> That's been seven years. Yeah, or eight, I'm sick seven. of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. And I just want to see Mike Trout in the playoffs. And hopefully he, Syndergaard can get to where he used to be. And that's a huge pickup for the Angels, especially because Iglesias didn't take his QO. I still think he's but one of the Dodgers. That seems, a, seems like a layup to me. I don't know why. He's going to get paid. Dodgers uh, are about to, about, about to find a way to double the luxury cap. Mm-hmm. The, don't care like they want to win like i'd love it like i don't give a shit like i'd never have a problem with the you don't like it spends money every single major league team really does have the ability if they wanted to to go all in and they oh, don't yeah. some of them don't just they just don't so sh- stop crying for the pirates owner he's a shithead mm-hmm. you know I, oh. you know they're minor league contract central over there they hit that they're the reason why there needs to be a floor in the cba so that teams at least spend a certain amount because your product is dog shit and it hurts the product all around the league because not selling tickets when you're coming to town because nobody fucking wants to watch your shithead show. What, what, like it's beating up on a dummy. Some of them are so bad. So that shit needs to, that, but that needs to, I mean, that's what plays right into that. I mean, and you got Trout. Trout's good for the postseason. I think Major League Baseball approved of that one too because the closer they get, but I think the Dodgers are going to go in there and I think the Dodgers are going to spend. Again, I, they, they've been close enough. They still don't have that 162 game title. So no. they are only shortened season asterisks champs right now and that doesn't sit well with Dodgers front office ownership anybody in that that, that team on paper should have had like three ships by now mm-hmm. I mean like the team Again, how hard is it to win? especially yeah. after they got Mookie but um so hard to win the other big big contract that was actually kind of surprising to me but not really was I'm not surprised that he stayed where he was I'm surprised at the numbers but Jose Barrios getting uh seven year 131 million from the Blue Jays Mm-hmm. Stay put. He didn't really have that good of a season. No, he did not. <laughs> and I mean, they're really paying him on what he did for the Twins like two, three years ago. Like something's up. Something's it's, up. It's weird. Something's it, no, that, that the Syndergaard deal. I didn't really think it too much of it, but this deal made me think like. Well, and the Dodgers deal with what's his name too? Pay even went from eight point three million dollars, like doubled his salary to go. You know, with that with the Dodgers. I know he's pretty good this year. Uh, what's the guy? They the pitcher the. Not not Cubs got Haley or no? Is it Haley? 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 Herney? 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 That deal is now that deal has now been labeled the Robbie Ray deal. It's all these teams trying to find these mid to late thirties guys trying to catch lightning in a bottle with these guys. Robbie Ray, by the way, just won the AL Cy Young on Wednesday. Well, here's my question: Do you think that they're just leveraging the Robbie Ray phenomenon, even though it's it could be apples and oranges? I I actually have a theory that Major League Baseball. The owners currently are doing they're, – they're paying a little bit more right now to lock up their mid- to low-tier guys. So an extra million or two for a guy that's maybe wouldn't get that normally, but it's a CBA year. And they're locking these guys up so that these guys get a nice contract that they're excited to play ball for, and there's no way that those guys are going to vote against most proposals coming from the major league owners because there's no chance that these guys can afford to go into the season and have a work stoppage with their new deals. So they're basically locking these guys up to a little bit more, spending a little bit more early so that they can get these these concessions during the negotiations later that'll account for far more millions later down the line 
as the CBA plays out. So I think I, it's weird. That's why I'm, I'm a little bit shocked. We've talked about it on the show. I actually 100% didn't think that this shit was going to happen before the CBA. I've said, I think I said they're crazy and that, that agents would be, should be fired for letting their guys sign this early. But if you, someone throws the cash in your lap, are you an idiot for not taking it? I mean, you're, you're getting more than you were expecting to get. You got to take it. Right. Especially if it comes to like a no trade clause and like little yeah. concerns that you would want in the CBA before the CBA. And I think that they're creating like a, like a low level army from below with the mid low tier guys Whereas the big guys are willing to obviously wait because there's more money in for the, the top five, ten percent of studs that I think that they're creating kind of a, a weird negotiating conflict between the union and its own people. Cause they might take the take the deal, man. I don't like come on, I got this sweet contract and I can't play. No, 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 take the deal, dude. It's fine. I'll take that. Like that's what I feel like some of these guys will be like during the negotiations. Right. And it's just I mean, obviously, if I just had a subpar season and someone offered me Seven years, $131 million. I'm going to say, yes, please. Where do I sign? Uh, especially on a team like the Blue Jays, who, I mean, their team. They need pitching. <laughs> yeah, they, need, they need pitching, but, I mean, they got a lot of really good young players. That team could be something special soon. Would you but, guys say that oh, – sorry to interrupt, too. Do these contracts have any signing bonuses, like upfront money, or are these all contract contracts that are coming? Like, I haven't, I don't recall seeing a ton of things that say, you know, like signing bonus paired into it or whatever. So, I've, I know what you're talking about, Kevin. I always feel like those always come out later. Like you see the details I, like a month later. You'll Maybe you find out like a year later. Like you always find – because I remember the, the Jason Hayward contract, which I mean was enormous. Like I think he had like a huge like signing bonus that like brought like the like the first couple of years or brought like the AAV down. But like we didn't know about it until like a year later. Or something. It was like, oh, he has this clause and he had like a – I don't know. It was like a $10 million signing bonus or something. I forget what it was, but like – uh, but like for those things, like I don't, we're, we might not find out for a couple of weeks, but like after the CBA, who knows? <laughs> right. Yeah. I thought I was just wondering because yeah, I mean, I, what I've learned over the last like especially a couple of years is that I know absolutely nothing about the baseball operation sides when it comes to the financials. Like I actually, you know what? I the the, it, the weird thing about baseball is they do the opposite. A lot of times you hear just what do you, what's the magic word or like deferrals? Right. They get paid just later. Yep. <laughs> it's like the opposite. Mm-hmm. We need to bring back the Bobby Bonilla contracts. Yeah, I think like Bryce Harper or uh, what's his name, Strasburg. Like he's the one who has like all the deferrals, like in twenty years or something. So is Brandon like Bell an extra twenty million in your wallet? Whoop! Oh, I forgot I put that, those chips in my pocket last night at the casino. So from what I'm seeing here, Brandon Bell is the only person that took his qualifying offer. Mm-hmm. That one, that one, uh, I saw a lot of people comparing it to like Jose Abreu. I think it's a good comparison. He might get like yeah. a short uh, extension after. Yeah, that's a loyalty thing, and they could probably make it make it a million or two worth his while on the back end of that thing too. And he just had a, you know, he just had a really fun ride with the Giants mm-hmm. last season. Yeah. I mean, they were the the lightning in the bottle team last year. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, and then there's these people keep bringing up the the White Sox talk to Scott Boris. Like, there's these reports that the White Sox talk to Scott Boris. Of course, they're going to talk to Scott Boris. If you're a GM right now, you're not talking to Scott Boris. You should be fucking fired. By the in way, fact, uh, if, if Scott Boris isn't giving you some sort of strange analogy, comparing your player, his one of his players, ah, Carlos Correa, he is he's like Green Lantern and he flies around the bags. Like I mean, he's 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 gonna about to get real poetic here. I mean, with, with Chris, he, what did he call him? Uh, Sean Connery. Uh-huh. Sean right, Connery. He's, he's yeah, he's always in the hunt for October. Oh, uh, so bad. So oh, that was a, 
Well, there's a couple of things. I think because didn't like it was exciting because what was the report? It was like they're reading about Marcus Simeon. Yeah. Which maybe half the truth. And then I was also thinking right now, I'm like, we know about the high end. We know about the star clients, right? For Scott mm -hmm. Boris. Like he has a lot of clients. Yeah. So like, yes. just because he's reading, does it doesn't, again, not this isn't me shitting on Slags fans for getting excited. Get excited. It's fine. Right. You should. But also, like, you, maybe it was like a, a reliever that you like don't even know realize is a is a client for or is uh, has Boris as a client, right? And it's just they probably were talking about fifteen other guys, and yeah. they were like, "How's Marcus Simeon doing? He's good. Okay, so back to this guy, <laughs> like, Boris Han talked about Marcus. It's just it's a wild time right now." Be it's Scott Boris. It's Scott Boris. Speed dating is really what it should be. It's just like a, like a like one big room, table, 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 table. It's just like in a what is it, forty year old version where he's just like, boom, boom, boom. Here's my leak. Here's my leak. Here's my leak. Just like honestly, I don't know if it's comparable. But like it just reminded me of like when Harper was a free agent, and again, the Cubs did not try at all. But right. there was still the report. Oh, the Cubs are meeting with uh, Scott Boris about Bryce Harper. Like no, it did. It, did, it meant absolutely nothing. They're probably like, hey, Bryce is nice. Yeah, and there's asked if he could use the bathroom. They had a discussion of what I can't tell you. Some of these obviously planted tweets are like hilarious. What what was the one that we all saw it earlier? Uh, Red Sox are interested in Javi Baez because of the plate discipline he oh, showed. Yeah. Well, the un un un. What is it? Well, it was you know the, the word that he used to describe it. It was not just plate discipline. The unusual plate discipline. Which, when you look at the numbers, obviously proved that to be actually 100% false. Like he did like only he no had 15 one. walks in 53 games, as opposed to 13 walks or 13 walks in 53 games instead of 15 walks in what 88 games. Ooh. But it was still like one every like six games. And they actually show he had, when he moved to New York, he had like seven and a half percent more pitches thrown outside of the zone to him than when he was with the Cubs. Why? Because they didn't have to pitch to him. And it works both ways because we saw again, no one's gonna over exaggerate their client in a positive way. And then like oh. the teams, the teams are not are, no one's gonna over exaggerate a negative way than like the teams. And we saw right. that with KB, mm -hmm. like was it last week when the the guy's like, Yeah, no, I don't know how this I don't know how the swing is gonna age over time. He's mm -hmm. and that here's the thing, there's always cause there's always like a grain of truth, but they exaggerate yep. it, right? Like KB, we can be honest. KB overall, like, and it's a short sample size. It was one year. His defense wasn't that great. Right. You could see it's a seed of doubt. It's a smaller seed of it's doubt. A, it's a seed, but then it's like, it, it, you know, it, it was terrible. Ball. It was terrible. I've never, and I guess he, I, I, and I'll be honest, I didn't watch every Chris Bryant game with the Giants. So I don't, but apparently his defense at third base was like below average. But then they turned that into, there's no way you can trust this guy to play third base. Like, how are you going to give this guy a contract? <laughs> Here's me going. Uh, when Javi gets his leaks, his is unusual plate discipline. Chris is right, his right. defense is shit. Like I think you know, Javier Baez. Had, I think he finished like the year like a six percent walk rate, walk rate, which is awful. <laughs> and it's like, hey, he improved. Yeah. Yes, he it's, did. It was still bad. <laughs> his representation team. I have. I don't give a shit. They are un. They are. They are good. They're good. I don't know who else they represent, but I tell you, they've done again. Like I said earlier, they've done a fantastic job of his keeping him, even when he's been. Fairly mediocre in a lot of places. They've turned. They've kept him as a superstar. That that has never been up until New York. Actually, I think they took a little bit of a shine off it because some of the booing shit and like that. 
um, other than that, they've kept the shine on them so well. And I think that's the big difference between having your own smaller agent representation and having like a Boris. Boris has so many mouths to feed that he doesn't have time to deal with every little, I mean, he has his people and his team, but they're not as, you know, they're not as tightly knit. It's a larger corporation. Whereas I think obvious team is more of a mom and pop kind of thing. That this is their, this is it. They're doing what they do. So they build these relationships on a grassroots level and they do well. And that's what I think that you get with some of these guys, they've got their agents that are, that are, that work for just they're Jerry Maguire's that are just working for one guy at this point. And it, it works. And that's what I, I, I appreciate that part of the game too. Since we're already like kind of jumping all over the place, one of the, it's award season right now for baseball, which baseball does it hilarious. Like even NHL does like a big show with red carpet and musical acts. Major League Baseball just waits to like four weeks after the World Series and then just pops a tweet out real quick. Uh, so <laughs> like, here's the thing though. Way to grow the game, guys. Like MLB, obviously they're terrible at growing the game, but what do they do every with these awards? What what do we always say though? It does get the attention because it's like, oh, look at MLB randomly dropping their awards. Again, it doesn't get the attention it should because I think the no. Gold Glove Awards, when those came out, it was like during Sunday Night Football. Yeah, it did get <laughs> it the worst It's like, time. wait, what? But one of they my... do get the headlines. But then everyone tweets is like, they always quote tweet it and they're like, why are you doing this now? Yeah, but then it was like at like a three o'clock on a Tuesday. But one of my favorite things about the individual awards, like Cy Young... There's a fan base that always gets butt hurt. So Lucas Giolito got a fourth place vote. Kyle Hendricks or Kyle Hendricks. Uh, Liam Hendricks got a couple votes. Um, Lance Lynn came in third. What up, cuz? But um, Cole came in second. Robbie Ray and his tight pants won it. I think it was well deserved. Was it a tight race? <laughs> hmm. Bing bong. Anyways. Uh, this is a graphic that I keep seeing pop up on Twitter made by Yankees fans. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, jeez, OP. The butthurt is so real, it's not even funny. Like, why would – don't do this. If you (laughs) – without looking at any of those numbers, if I told you, who would you vote for out of those two? Obviously, you have to look at numbers when it comes to. I think we talked about. I think I said Robbie Ray when we talked about. Yes, because Cole, when the sticky stuff thing happened, went to absolute shit for a month. Yep. It took him a month to figure out how to pitch again when they took away the fucking illegal substance. And I get it. I don't care what you think about the illegal substance. I actually am for it. I wish they let him have some kind of sticky shit still. But he was cheating by all intents and purposes. And he yeah. got caught and he did the most lame post-game conference about it with the fake <laughs> tears. <laughs> all Robbie Ray is guilty of is buying schmedium pants and going out <laughs> on the mound on it. I mean, honestly. I mean, too. And I don't know what it was, but I felt like, especially in the second half of the season, the White Sox always played the Blue Jays and Robbie Ray always was pitching. I haven't. I bring, wait, can you bring up that graphic up again? Yeah. So I think there's a number I noticed at the bottom. I haven't read this article yet, but there's a, uh, I think it's a Boston Red Sox beat writer. He writes uh, in the Boston Globe. He just wrote it because I think it was his first time uh, voting. He got like, Mm -hmm. this is his first time voting um, for the major awards. And he wrote an article about how he's out on F4 and B, like the fan graphs war and baseball reference war. 
and I just looked at the bottom. And they it use says F-war here, Garrett Cole, 5.2 F-war. Yeah. Robbie Ray, 3.9. So I haven't read that article yet, but it seems like that guy's making a lot of good points. I might be out on that too. <laughs> I think one of my biggest stats with pitchers and FIP, sorry, I don't mean to be covering your face, but <laughs> it's uh, the FIP stat. I feel like FIP yeah. is a very complete stat for pitchers. Mm-hmm. But also something to look at too on this though, Robbie Ray pitched almost two more games than Cole. Mm-hmm. Well, 12 innings. Yeah, you pitched a double header. Yeah, you pitched a double header more than Cole. So like those things come into balance. And I mean I don't understand like you want your guy to win. Like I wanted Lance Lynn to win. Obviously, everybody knows that's like my mm-hmm. A1 dude, but like he didn't win. I'm not going to start like digging for stats to make well, him look better than Robbie Ray and crying I, about it. I hate to interrupt Zoe, but actually I do have a chart for that. Um, I actually did do a Lance Lynn chart. Um, so this, this is fun. Yeah. yeah look, at that. look at that chart. Lance Lynn chart. Um, that alone, that picture right there alone should we'll be the see. reason why he won Cy Young. Yeah. I mean, this is really the comparison by height. Is that and- Marlins man's uh, lost long son. I don't, DNA test is. I actually got the hat on. You know why I'm wearing the hat? I actually yeah, I'm glad you, you guys brought that up. I'm wearing the Marlins hat for two people today. <laughs> two people get to wear the shout out for the Marlins hat today. One is my guy Beef Loaf, and two is Ken W O. Oh, I mean, so oh. Yeah. we'll get to that right away. Yeah, um, I, I want to address because I saw it. I, so, I remember there's a lot of tweets. I'm like, I got, I got to click on this blog. What is, what is going on here? Well, let me down. give, let me preference it if you yes. will. <laughs> the the guy, our very good friends of the show, our compadres, if you will, the guys at the from the 108. Uh, they do these great. Mm-hmm. They're really good at creating content in the off season. It's a very, very, very hard thing to do if you've never done that before. And it gets really lame when everyone's like, ugh, top 10 baseball movies. We're, we're guilty of it. We did it. <laughs> but I just, as I've gotten older, I'm like, Jesus. Um, but 108 is very good at creating off-season content. And they have this great blog series going on where it's one trade you would make with each team in baseball one trade the White Sox would make with each team mm-hmm. in baseball. And it's mostly the brothers beef and Cherizy because my Sox summer, someone's got to explain to him who's still on the White Sox. But anyways, <laughs> it's, it's really, it's a great, actually I got to find the exact trade while I'm talking, but it's a great series. <laughs> and today um, they did the, they do it by division. So today they did the NL East. Okay. A lot of good trades. Really like that. There was a couple Dallas Keuchel trades in there. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they traded Dallas Keiko for like for uh, just like to get a, his money, like a can of beans. But the one that got everybody all fired up <laughs> in their feelings, if you will, is beef. And I like that they claim it. Like they give you the team, yeah. they give you the 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 one awaiter that made the deal, who the White Sox are sending, who they receive, and then the rationale. And this is funny because beef is normally not scared. Beef takes on all the comments and he'll take all the smoke, but he, you could tell he's a little nervous about this. one. <laughs> so the one later in this, in this scenario is beef loaf. The white Sox are sending Jose Abreu to the Marlins and getting back Pablo Lopez and Andrew Nardi. The first line in the rationale, <laughs> the first four words in rationale in all caps is I love Jose Abreu. <laughs> <laughs> Because he was, he 
he wants the smoke, but he didn't want like all the smoke. So he goes on to say, though, it's it's good. The White Sox get Pablo Lopez, who was very good last year in 20 starts and is heading to arbitration for the first time, meaning he has three years left of team control and he has a 27.5% K rate. And last year I had a 47% ground ball rate. That's a great combo for Sox Park. Andrew Nardi is just a lively lefty arm. Hopefully he's not a weirdo, which he probably is. He definitely calls himself Nard Dog. <laughs> but the big thing is get trading Jose Abreu. So, of course, when you put that out into the Twitter, White Sox Twitter universe, the butthurt commences. Because heaven forbid, you know, you say anything about the Lord and Savior of Jose Abreu. I love Jose Abreu as well. I'm going to join Beef Loaf in saying, trying to avoid the smoke. I love Jose Abreu. Top three White Sox player of all time for me. Abs without Ooh. a doubt. But this kind of makes sense. Oh, and that's so Jose in Miami, I mean, you might be doing him a little what's up because he's closer to home and all this stuff. And like, um, the, and know, the biggest point that Beefloaf wrote, Jose yeah. Abreu, last year of his contract. Yes. And people got really mad. And I tweeted <laughs> out a picture of uh, Mark Burley in his uh, Marlins jersey and being like, Beef, I can't do this again. If, <laughs> if I saw Jose Abreu in another jersey, I would never. I still don't. I still don't accept the fact that Frank Thomas played for the A's and the Blue Jays. Right. I don't accept that. Like, that never happened to me. Just like Jordan never played for the Wizards. Just like not happened. only not only did he play, he had like big moments. With yes, the never happened. Too. Never happened. <laughs> never had happened. Someone in a Giants uniform today, me and Aldo this year, and and in a Yankees uniform and a Red Sox uniform. I, mean, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, <laughs> I cannot, I cannot even fathom what the but White Sox on, reaction let's, is gonna let's be. Let's not in a compare years. Kyle Schwarber <laughs> to Frank Thomas. Oh no, you know I mean, I'll and like, wait, possibly closer. Uh, as far as like total body well, weight, I mean, only but one of them was a, the best October was, legend. Uh, so. Of, course, course, of course, Ken NWO got very upset, <laughs> and he he was like telling Beef he was gonna like pull over on the highway to come slap him, find him and slap him and all that stuff. <laughs> and then I, the funny part was though, they're like, no one even really owns a Marlins hat, and I'm literally sitting here with my <laughs> wall of hats right here. And I was like, all right, and I took it and I snapped a pick right away. I was like, yeah, nobody does. And then I was like, I totally got to wear it on the show. But since we're talking about outfits, I do want to point out tonight. You got to stand up. Oh, there it is. Is this PJs? Is it a onesie? White Sox onesie. Yes. Care of my uh, whoop, let's not get too much. Oh, oh, no, let's go. Somebody <laughs> screenshot that. Oh, oh that's toe. We've got oh boy. I, hey man, I'm Pete. no shame in my game, especially after getting the the honor. You know, when your kid's bored, you get dead dick. Well, yeah, so, well, you know, that yeah. actually looked like that actually <laughs> it looked like a side view of Mailman Jack's calves in spandex, is what it looked like to me. Um, but shout out to My Sock <laughs> Summer, this was a promotional giveaway. He grabbed one, uh, I don't know why, but I'm not mad about it. He uh, he mailed it to me and was like, I think you should have this. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. So, felt, felt like wearing it today, and yeah. I, on the other hand, I'm not wearing pants at all, so I'm gonna stand up now. To- oh, wait. <laughs> that's why you got that Betty White. Mulling a hot dog pitcher. Absolutely. You were setting the mood before we got on the show. Um, but yeah, dude, like some of these trade ideas are wild that they propose. Like some of them are completely like off the wall, just bananas. But huge shout out to the man, guy who I secretly think is a fucking absolute legend, Treasy E. 
he's been putting out some really good fucking trades in these articles this year. Like really, not that B-Flow isn't, but Terezi's <laughs> really stepped his game up, dude. Like some of these are really good. Like in this NLEs one, he had uh, Keiko going to the Nationals for international bonus pool money. I don't know why. I think that's hilarious. And in the article, it's just a picture of a briefcase with a stack of hundreds <laughs> with the band on it. Um, he does have Craig Kimbrell going to the Phillies, but for Scott Kingery and Mickey Maniac. Screw that. Bryson Stott. Let's go. Make it. Bryson Stott. The one that I. Kimbrell and some cash. Kimbrell the one I really cash. like is Keiko to the Mets for Carlos Carrasco. Ooh. Money for money, but a little worse, le- less worse money. Right, but we got to worry about Carrasco's injuries, and he matches right. that in the write-up. And then Beef beef goes for that shock factor, 100%. Because <laughs> we might as well just – the Braves trade was Andrew Vaughn for Mike Soroka and our good boy Tuki. Tuki's one of those guys – he's like a White Sox Twitter, like – Pipe dream, like I you don't know. know I, people, I have to say, I'm showing my complete ignorance here. Not aware of Tuki, Tuki, Tuki uh, Toussaint. Did he play? Has he deep? Cocaine is a hell of a drug. What? Oh, sorry. You guys don't know about Tuki? Tuki? I, I know Tuki Carter, but that's I'm sure. Hold on. Is he still a prospect? Was I'm gonna be there? Hold on. The There's no way he played yet, right? You see my screen? There's Tuki right there. Okay, pitch. Oh, right. oh he did Tukey. pitch a little. <laughs> Career, yeah, he, he had a point two war. How old is uh, he? So the thing with Tuki, hold on, let's get into. He had like, I want to say it was 2019. He was really good. He wasn't like really good, but he was good. He he's a good bullpen arm. But only one point six eight whip. I think it's his name. Oh. It's a lot of it's a lot of walks. A lot of walks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's 20, something to score up though. Twenty six and what? Uh, Forty one innings pitched. Twenty six walks and forty one innings doesn't do it for you guys. Doesn't really uh, <laughs> doesn't really get you guys going. I mean, Forty five strikeouts, seven hit by pitches, six wild pitches. That oh, doesn't rev your that doesn't rev your engine any. But, I'll tell you this: they must be chasing some talent. And <laughs> we'll see how I, the facts of life. <laughs> but that's tootie. That's tootie. Tootie. Um. Uh, I think it's his name. Um, I think people just like his name because it is an awesome name. But like, I've seen White Sox fans bring him up multiple times. Velocity. Let's check out what's his velocity. This is this. This should answer that question. Was, you got to go to Savant for that. Ninety. What ninety? He tops out at ninety-eight. So he just throws hard. He grips. So he's, it a re- grips he's a reliever, right? With no say. He's like a a swing guy. Yeah. Splitter. Uh, four seam fastball, curveball, sinker, slider. So he does have a. I mean, he throws, he throws the splitter about twenty percent of the time. The fastball thirty percent of the time. He throws the curveball. He, he pitched in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I mean, he did. Yeah, he's he's gonna get a ring. Good for I think you. Do, no offense to beef, love is trade. I think you can do better for Andrew Vaughn. I do too. I think <laughs> we'll, Mike Mike Sororka is like the. He's coming back from injury. Yeah. Right. I'm looking at his. Thing. He throws his fastball in the strike zone only 47 percent of the time. His fastball, his four seamer, by the way, which is a command pitch. Curveballs 37 percent of the time in the zone. His splitter is his most accurate pitch. <laughs> but looking at his spray chart, it's like red, just bullets of red all around. The <laughs> it's great. But it's just if you guys are ever looking for something to read, they come out with these. I think I don't think there's like a set pattern, but they come out pretty frequently. They're 
It's a good read. It's a quick read. It's a good read. No, it, it you know what it does? Because I mean, I'm not even a White Sox, but it does give you like start thinking about because even though some of these might yeah. be wild, it does, you know, it gets the juices flowing, does start making you think about possible trades, even for your team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it gets the blood flowing. I mean, you got to. Here is where I'm at in my stage of White Sox fandom, in my offseason stage of White Sox fandom. There's the season ends with you know them losing the last their last game of the season, meaning they didn't win the World Series, and it was like fuck. Like I was I was juiced about this team. First round exit, kind of shitty. Astros turned out to be on a roll this playoffs until they hit the freight train in Atlanta, but it was like fuck. And then you're like, all right, this team's really good, but there are holes, and you know we got to identify the main ones, which I'm pretty sure everybody agrees on is right field, second base, pitching depth. Mm-hmm. And then you start overthinking and overvaluing everyone. You're like I can get X, Y, Z player for Craig Kimbrell. I can get we, the White Sox can totally go sign Marcus Simeon, like without a doubt, like this is a no brainer. We'll go get him. Why isn't this done already? I have now reached level, what am I at, four? I'm at level four <laughs> of off-season fandom where for no reason at all, I'm already mad at the White Sox front office. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I don't think they're going to get anyone. Like, I'm, I'm totally in my head trying to think of, like, second-tier guys. But I still think this off-season is a success. Someone tweeted at me, well, what if they just go get Conforto and – uh, Escobar, that's a win for me. Yep. Oh, no, that's a total win. Wait, no, okay, wait. Stamp that one. I want to get to that. I, but speaking about all these trades, I did want to ask you, looking at the current, just the MLB roster, uh, I guess you can look at the prospects, even though I don't think you have any um, that fit the, the answer to this. Who are your untouchables? On the White Sox right now? For you, so like you personally, like if they trade this guy, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa what are you doing? Because I think there's only three. Luis Robert. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anyone Agreed. argues that, you're just dumb. Agreed. Bing bong. Um, <laughs> Damn, is that going to make me crack up every time? <laughs> it's just funny. It's just, it's just funny, yeah. Because <laughs> like, like, I always it, think of that funny. Any, any I just think that video is hilarious. Hit that flip with the yellow foams on. Um, <laughs> I've been quoting that video for two weeks straight. I had to finally share it out on Twitter because I need to bring people down with me. Um, <laughs> so Luis Robert, number one untouchable. Not untouchable. I got a lot though. I think oh, I got, okay. I think I have more than three. I think I have saying, four actually. I think I have four. I'm, I'm not, I'm not trading you on Mankata. Okay. I'm not trading Tim Anderson. Okay. I really, I really would really have to be fucking wooed to get rid of Aloy. But you sounds like you're not totally closed off to that. I'm not. I mean, if someone comes in with like an unreal offer, then I would make that move. But I totally feel like if they moved Aloy, it would be one of those like he's winning an MVP in two years. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's just going to completely come back to fuck you. It's going to be Tatis 2.0. Um, are we just doing position players or pitchers are count here? Okay, you do pitchers too. I'm not trading Liam Hendricks. I'm not trading Giolito. 
I'm not trading Dylan Cease. I'm not trading Lancelin. No one's going to trade for Lancelin. Um, <laughs> Wait, mother. I'm not trading Kolpik. I'm probably leaving someone out, but that's about it. All right, so you're still on the trade, Jose Abreu. Everyone, mark that down. I, I wouldn't say he. I wouldn't say he's untouchable. I knew you were going to do no, that. I, no, I, no, I, I agree. I, agree with that. I was thinking about it, and I'm like, I guess, I guess, with the way I was thinking about it, I was thinking about like two ways. Like, like you're not trading Tim Anderson because like he's your guy. Like he's the face. Like I know no. Jose Abreu. And he's on such, such a friendly contract. Yeah, but like TA is like the face of your like team right now. So you're not right. trading him. You're not trading Luis Robert. No. Luis Robert's a fucking stud. He's going to be a stud. Yuan uh, Mankata. I still don't get the hate. <laughs> nope, don't get it at all. I don't get the hate. No, never will. Yuan Mankata. Um, pitching side, Giolito. Don't touch him. Um, I know everybody then... wants to give him his extension, and I do too, but in the, the reality Oh, he is so happy looking at the contracts right now. Right. Like, yeah. real, and the reality of the situation is – you have them under contract control for two more years. Like you have time to figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, just you know, just trying to gauge it, trying to gauge the. But I mean, that's pretty. I mean, notice I didn't say Andrew Vaughn. I didn't say right. Gavin Sheets. I personally think if they're going to trade someone this offseason, it's going to be Gavin Sheets. You know, Joe, I liked what you said though when you're talking about Eloy. Is that if it has, it has to blow your mind, it has to, has to knock your socks off. I don't. I, mm-hmm. I think that you'd be insane to not. Listen to anything on anybody. I mean, this is, I mean, even Theo used to say it and people would get all bent out of shape, but you'd be crazy to not listen to any trade offer of any player if it potentially could benefit your ball club. And if someone willing to overpay for even so much as an Abreu, is it about the ball club or is it about the person? And I know loyalty is what it is, but at this point, I guess we've seen that side of the coin and how it works out. And I mean, are you willing to, if if, again, if, if something throws something like crazy out there? So crochet was in my head. Nope. I was going to say it, but he's on the Eloy track. If someone comes in over the top and they're like, yo, we have a – I'm trying to think of players I would even do it for, but if we have this guy that is not under as much control as Crochet, but this fills your need in right field right now, mm. I'm making that trade. And again, does it make your team better now? Because the White yes. Sox, any yeah. move that they make is to be better, better right now. Thing. It cannot be a lateral move. It has to be an arrow up move, not lateral. Like, it has to. Like it, it goes back to the. Move. I think it goes back to like the Lance Lynn trade. Yes, Dane nope. Dunning could be good, but Dane Dunning, you you know, you're probably gonna have to wait two, three years for mm-hmm. him to like maybe fulfill that potential. Lance Lynn what, is your win now again. What did we talk about forty minutes ago? That pitcher from the Mets. Your one seed. Uh, yeah, that's right. Five yeah. What do we, and the Cubs, you know, the Cubs and all this shit. You have, you can't, the White Sox can't be planning to win the 2026 World Series. The White Sox front office has to be focused on winning the 2022 fucking World Series. Jesus, could you imagine White Sox Twitter if it took till 2026? It might. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, can you imagine White Sox Twitter when Abreu's not going to get resigned next year? No. But I'm just saying, like, you're throwing out Molotov cocktails, bro. But circling back. <laughs> I would consider. I this remember those season, tweets from Slacks fans when the Cubs were blowing it up. I would consider this season a one thousand percent win this offseason if opening day had Michael Conforto in right field and Escobar starting at second. That's place. a that's a that's, that's a, a hey. You guys did a great fun good job, Rickon. And let's get to it though. Why do why do why do some White Sox fans hate Michael Conforto? You're gonna have, we're What's gonna going have to get, on? We're gonna have to get Jordan Laz back on the show. What is going on? I. I 
I don't understand it's it. It's like they're what's the what's the whole thing? The Stockholm syndrome, but like they're somehow it's like they've had no right field there for years. And then when they even get like the there's a chance that you can get a good one, they're like, No, not good enough. Like, what are you talking about? I, I don't, price. But oh I just God. I don't get the I think this is going to be our new thing. When we talk about a player, we pull up their baseball reference page. I mean, I, I don't I like get it. why you hate this. He, <laughs> I mean, war he, he, had a, he had a bad season in, by his standards in 2021. I mean, you buy low. Or... 14 homers for him is not great. Because no, 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 no. What happened oh. in 2021? He had a what season? 14 double plays. He, him and the Braves together. Oh. That's a lot do of you know players. what I hate from fans that they do? They look at a guy and, and they say, let's say, because Conforto's had three great years before that. Right here. Boom, boom, And like boom. 2020 was a short season. So like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yep. if it, if a player has a bad season and he's like available or whatever, I hate when fans are like, oh, this guy sucked last year. However, if a guy has a good season, but let's say he wasn't like consistent before or whatever the case may be, and he has a this. good season – and it's like the inverse. They're like, oh, he has a good season. Well, that doesn't matter. So which is – so like Dude, are you looking at yeah. the last season? Did that matter or not? Does the yep. track re- record matter? I think the track record matters. Is it, If a guy shows that he's Dude. consistent. Look at his OPS plus. Look at his – last year, 2021, was his worst OPS plus since 2016 at 101, which is an average major league hitter. Last year he peaked at 154. Before that, it was 148, 122. No, look up the numbers for White Sox right fielders. Right? They're bad. Spoiler alert, they're terrible. <laughs> and, he played, um, look at, and look at the number. He played. He's healthy. 153 yeah. games, 151 games, You know, 125 this year. What, what I implore people to do, though, when you're looking at players, especially if you're just kind of uh, like not really that deep into stats and analytics, instead of looking at all of these numbers up here, look at this last line, the 162-game mm-hmm. season average. Okay, that's going to give you a better, in my opinion, a more realistic – expectation of what to expect and once you look at that then look up there and see if there's like some crazy abnormal like if he had like a brady anderson like 60 home run season because he just <laughs> ate steroids for breakfast one season like <laughs> but he really never had that like he he hit 33 tanks in 2019 but his average is 28 28 home runs out of the right field position for the white Sox. that's a huge fucking upgrade and I'm, I can already hear people that are listening to this podcast going, Gavin Sheets could be that guy. Gavin Sheets is dog shit in the field. Let's just call it what it is. He can catch fly balls. Like all the guys that they listed are not right fielders. Gavin Sheets, not a good right fielder. Andrew Vaughn did a remarkable job for a guy who had to be played out there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there were still a lot of rough moments. So, yes. like, your best guy, your best option. Like, there's no way you can head into next season. Because you know Andrew Vaughn's probably going to be your DH, right? So I you can't, you so can't. Well. Like if opening day happens and Adam Angles your right field, how can you be happy when you have guys like Conforto, Castellanos, you know Marte, these guys available, Chris Taylor? Like there's like come on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, it up hot. I'm seeing from people that aren't these main B writers that they expect the White Sox to make a splashy signing by December 1st. I don't um, know if I would consider Conforto splashy, but... Uh, depending, he can get, like, I think he could get the, what, like, 
16 to 20 a year. I don't know for how many years. Here's my thing, man. The White Sox have tried this whole committee thing in the outfield for the last like decade. It, it doesn't work. By the way, I have the numbers. The 2021 White Sox right fielders, this was their slash line. 223 batting average, 297 on base percentage, 374 slugging for a 671 OPS. Mm-hmm. That ranked, well, I think the OPS ranks 23rd. You have their um, you have fielding percentages by any chance? Uh, let's see. Let's switch over to defense. And if someone fucking comments, whoa, Lurie Garcia just oh. watched the playoffs again. <laughs> he hit. He hit in the playoffs, no doubt about it. He also watched fly balls go over his head that cost him games. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, when the big moments happen, and if you have a team of this caliber, you expect a lot of big moments to happen. Do you want Kevin Sheets playing right field? Right, right. And, like, that's the other thing. It's like you could never have enough depth. I don't oh. get especially, like, especially when all it costs, costs is money. I get it. Hey, you don't want to give up a certain player, you don't have to worry about that in this situation. All it costs you is money. To to what? What's the goal here? To make it, you're making your team better. It's not like you're, we're not talking about you're getting an average player. You're getting a, a lot better player than what you have. You don't have to worry about, you know, Andrew Vaughn, he had his ups and downs. We saw he got hot and then he kind of cooled off. It happens. He was a rookie, right? But then you don't have to head into next year being like, shit, Andrew Vaughn, we have to count on you. Like you have to produce. You have to. You take that pressure off right away. And you got right Eloy back. You know, hoping that he doesn't destroy his shoulder trying to catch a ball eight rows up in the stands in the spring training again. You, you got to get Il- Eloy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's mathematically impossible, knock on wood, for the White Sox to deal with the amount of incredible injuries that they had to deal with in 2021 again in 2022. You yeah, have to I mean, feel lucky. it's I going to be the exact opposite of that where – Imagine that team healthy for 162. If you get that, again, that's the one beautiful thing about now with being in the offseason is the next season is almost here, and it's a healthy Sox or a scary Sox. All the, again, Luis Robert, a full season. Eloy, a full season. You know, a, a set lineup, an older, more mature Vaughn. Like, these things all are the equating – it almost is like you're adding – it's like you're powering up on Madden or on MLB The Show. You're adding to your players right now. You're adding those pluses. And so they're only going to get better. They're not going to regress. The only people you got to worry about regressing are the professionals, which is Abreu, and he's not going to regress much. There's a, there's a, a lot hitter. of guys on the White Sox that fall into that bucket of could have big years. Aloy could have a big year. Luis Robert could have a big year. Yohan Mankata could have a big year. Tim Anderson could have a big year. Dylan Cease could have a big year. Lucas Giolito could have a big year. Like these are the guys on like the uptrend. Like you know what you have in a Yasmani Grandal. You know what you have about with you know Jose Abreu, hopefully. You know you know what I mean? But like they have so many guys that are still on that upswing in their careers where this experience is only making them better. Andrew Vaughn Garrett Crochet, Michael Kolpak coming into a season thinking he's going to be a starter. Like, uh, here's a question. How much does having La Russa back hurt? I don't think much at all. La Russa came in fifth place in the Manager of the Year uh, award voting. And if you go back and watch uh, the interview with Lucas Giolito about a couple of weeks ago, he spoke to him being a little 
hesitant to dive into Tony and his philosophies, but by the end of the year, um, that clubhouse was one of the best clubhouses he's ever been in in his baseball career. Yep. I think I think that team has bought into Tony. I think they, yeah. I, <laughs> Tony, I, Tony's a year older and a year wiser. Yeah, but I don't think Tony's the problem. I, I think I think that's lazy, to be honest with you. And I'm not coming at you, Tom. Trust me, you're not the only one. But I think Tony did a fine job doing what he had to do with what he had to work with. Because did he have guys in the right positions in the playoffs? Probably not. But did he have choices? And that's what we're talking about with the depth. And he had no choice. He had to put Larry Garcia somewhere because he was one of the only motherfuckers hitting at that time. Mm -hmm. And right field was the only open spot. So he put Larry in right field. And a game-deciding hit went over his head because he played it like a fucking half-drunk little leaguer. And Tom mentions, even in the playoffs, in the playoffs, we've talked about it on here, um, too. The biggest mistake they might have made in the entire series was a collective analytics mis- decision that more than likely wasn't just the decision of one person, Tony La Russa, but of an entire staff, which is how they put their rotation out there to open the series in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that 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 was the wrong foot forward from the start. And I think that that one goes on Tony because obviously it falls on the back of the guy that makes okay's the final decision. But that one probably, I think set a tone more than anything else for them. And I think that, that, that was, that's always a group decision. That's always like, dude, who do you, who do you got? Who do we want? Like there was a lot of obviously debate in those final few weeks of who's going to be where in what part of the rotation, how are they going to use Rodon? How do you want to do all this? So whatever game plan they came up with was, was, not just a Tony La Russa failure on that, on at least on this decision, it was a staff and, and a pro, maybe even a front office because obviously they probably had some say in the matter too. And that's a really good point, Fitz. That's what people really need to understand. The days of one man, one manager, one anything in an organization calling all the shots like that are very far over. Exactly. Very far over. Um, I mean, it's Tom follows up by asking, do you, so do you all want Tony going forward? I've made yes. Very, I've made it very clear on the yeah. <laughs> <I've> <laughs> I love it, the stories. I've made it very clear on the show that Tony wasn't my choice when they were looking for a manager. Do I think Tony's doing a fine job? I think he's doing all right. I don't know how much gas he has left in that tank. I mean, my, my prediction for 2022 is that he gives one big yeah. speech sometime in July, grabs a blanket, goes down and lays down in the corner of the dugout, and then becomes a force <laughs> I just ghost. keep like thinking Yoda. of the, the – Yoda. He just fades away like Yoda into like the blanket the, drop down. The movie quote, uh, what's your five-year plan? Don't die. <laughs> that I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's literally where they're at with Tony La Russa and the White Sox. I mean, I think they're they're grooming. They have ideas. They'd be remiss to not – be prepared. I mean, it's a good chance that like two months into the season, Tony's just like, I'm too old for this shit, guys. It, it all caught up to me. I'm out. Force ghost Tony's coming. I I'm swear. just saying like it, it could happen. And it's just, it's not a crazy thing to think about, but as, as it stands right now, I think Tony's, I think Tony's a fine manager for the job. I'm like 10 years old. All I can picture right now is Tony LaRusso as he fades away going, there is another designated hitter. Yep. Like just fading away. Yep. Like it's a, yeah. Like 
That's my thing. Like, I should have shifted more. You won't find. Well, I wish you would, but you won't. You wouldn't find me. <laughs> you won't find me in the group of people calling for you know Tony's head on a stick with my torch and the mob there. But you also won't find me on the side of people blindly defending Tony either. Like, yeah, I, I like. I don't know yeah. how it is for you guys, just in managers in general for baseball. Before I used to be like, no, like man, and this is me saying that managers don't matter at all now, but. Before I think I I was like on the side of like no managers like do matter, but like like you said earlier like how Kevin you brought it up like the major decisions that we see now for teams like day in and day out stuff like that is a top down thing. It is no longer no. It's just the manager calling the shots. Like the, there are conversations with the GM with like their analytics person with these coaches these coach like it's a whole group thing now. Um, so I think managers like in terms of like you know game decisions i i do think they matter like they don't matter as much as they did before right the only thing i think I that agree. you know it comes in the words just like managing managing the personalities managing the egos and hey if guys in the clubhouse are saying hey we, we like them this is a great clubhouse we love the environment yeah who the I hell mean, am i to say like uh Tony has done an awful job he, one of I the mean, managers like, biggest jobs right now is just to set the vibe man yeah and keep it going in that clubhouse and all the bullshit and don't don't get me wrong i'm not underplaying dy's are a very serious thing he got very lucky he didn't hurt anybody else or hurt himself but outside of all that he's still a hall of fame fucking baseball manager and i feel like when you listen to like a guy like tim anderson who's got the larger than life personality and everything talk about the respect that these players have for tony's baseball career and he says it he goes out of his way to mention baseball career and to me what i hear is we're not talking about any of the off off field shit we're talking about the shit he does between the white lines and he's like we respect it and we're gonna go you know we listen and we follow and that was something that kevin was saying right from the get-go when everybody was all up in arms about the off season off the field shit myself included uh he was like well at the end of the day these ball players are gonna respect him for what he's done on a baseball field and it sounds like from these interviews, it could be, you know, just corporate talk or whatever, but it sounds like these guys have really bought in, you know, they're staying loyal to the soil with them. But as we come up now, we're over an hour. There, There is two things that I wanted to talk about before we get too long here. One. See, when a man and a woman love each other, though, um, <laughs> the, 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 the big end goes in the little end. Um, and number two. <laughs> number two. There's a pink and there's a brown. We were talking. Oh. We were talking before the show. How I personally respect and appreciate. Yeah, you're fully red. <laughs> I fully respect and appreciate when guys that I read or guys that I listen to on podcast admit that they're wrong. Okay, I I know where you're getting. I was I was wrong, preseason or was it preseason or was it like two weeks into this? It was preseason. No, it was like it was before spring training. I think it was was before February. I think when the Corbin Burns to the White Sox proposals were coming out, and I thought the White Sox were giving too much up in these proposals, and said I wouldn't do it, and Corbin Burns just collected his Cy Young award today. (laughs) Well, I mean, you remember the big piece, right? 
was Nick Madrigal, who's not Nick in the White Sox anyways anymore. Yeah. So, no, I mean, hand up, because I – I was hand on, up too, because I I was looking at Kurt Burns and like I know 2020 was a weird year, but I I was like, wait, so like was he just ha- half like halftime reliever? Was he starting a lot? I was kind of confused on the numbers there. Well, right, I don't think many people. If but holy go, shit, if we go through every preseason award prediction from any blogger, any right, beat right, writer, right. any yeah. ESPN writer, no one at Corbin Burns is the fucking NL Cy Young. The thing is though, the people who were like. Because there was people on the other side who was like, there's no way the Brewers would do this. Mm-hmm. Like, they were also kind of right. Because it was like, no, this guy, this guy is fucking filthy. Mm-hmm. He is going to be great. They they probably, they weren't predicting Cy Young, but they were like, no, this guy's going to be great. You know what? Hat tip. You were right. <laughs> yeah, you were right. You are right. Jordan Laz was one of the big ones. He was right, man. But also, fuck Jordan for being so goddamn handsome. Please tell him I said that. Um, I love how he gets embarrassed when I call him handsome publicly. So that's why I keep doing it. He's a handsome young man. He is a very handsome young man. Wear a polo tie. I'm sorry, what? Anyways, hand up. I was wrong on that one. Bing bong. Can't be right all the time. Yep. Bing Uh bong. It took me a week to get over KB getting traded. I didn't think that was going to happen. So I was pretty set on that. So I'll chalk that one up. Head in the mud. Could you so imagine though? Imagine for a second that rotation with Burns. Dallas Keuchel would be at Enterprise Rent a Car. I think I think it it especially hurts because Nick Madrigal was traded. Yes. So there probably there was definitely there was definitely some talks. The Sox wanted Burns, and like they probably floated Nick Madrigal, and the Brewers were like, "No." Mm-hmm. And and you and you said that you didn't want to imagine a lineup without Madrigal, but then you had to see a lineup without Madrigal not long into that season. So like you right. actually had to see it too, which makes it like doubly more thorny for you yeah. because you well, saw that, like, that you, you got you got the you got the bad ends like on both you got both yeah. bad parts. No, and <laughs> it sucked behind the curtain and up the skirt, which is <laughs> another thing that sucked was I still think Nick's going to be a great fucking ball player, but you now see, he's you playing see him for throwing you guys. the ball around today. That looked nice. I didn't see it. I unfollowed him on all social platforms. Oh, wow. Not loyal. It's like an X. Not loyal. It's an X. <laughs> did you see uh, did, did, Carrie, like, did you see Carrie's birthday greeting? That's that uh he got a Nick Magical. Go, go to his page, Nick Magical. They got a cameo for his birthday. Oh no. They said he called him a troll and everything. It's fantastic. Um, oh my goodness gracious. So, oh, but but like an X, are you gonna be scrolling in like midnight on Instagram, just going back through his old White Sox photos? I'm going to be accidentally double tapping the like button. Are you going to be Wolverine sitting in bed looking at a framed photograph? Yeah. I'm going to be be paying attention to, uh, oh no, here it is. All right. I'll listen to it after the show. (laughs) Oh, Luke did it. Good work, Luke. Good work. Um, White Sox got a lot of work too. And I know this was a really heavy sock show. It's just because, and there was other stuff with the Cubs that we could have brought up, but we'll get more. No, no, no. Cubs Don't worry. Ed Hoyer today said, we will spend this winter, eventually. Yeah. We want to do it in the most intelligently. And then what did the best player on his, what did the best player on his team tweet out? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Come on. That's funny as fuck. So, no, it is. I'm encouraging the shit out of that. I'm going to be like, I'm Wilson's best buddy now. Hey, don't take that shit, pal. Get your back. I, I've been saying it since like, in September, though, you're gonna trade him. No, no, no. 
I don't even care about that. If you were going to tweet it, I, you're not a teenager anymore. Like, if you want to say something, Wilson, say it. If it's not, that it's the blah, 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 blah. What was that? Or don't like, we'll, tweet. We're, we're not, we're not White Sox or Cubs Twitter on here. You can say it. <laughs> and when he broke the TV, like, own the break. Oh, you broke the TV. Own it. It's fine. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, guys, he's not the first. He's not going to be the last guy. Like, guys, they lose their temper. Like, it, it shit happens. Cryptic tweets just are like, uh, and then you get like, I'm rising like the phoenix. Next the, thing you know. the the timing of the tweet though, lying. No, no, because it was the same out. thing like when uh, who was it when Eaton got uh, released and who was it like Brian Goodwin tweeted out like whatever he tweeted out and everyone's like, oh, everybody hated Eaton. <laughs> Which I mean, again, probably it was the truth. But what if that indicates like a crack in like the negotiations and they're gotten a little bit worse? In negotiations, and he's like, that's, that's the thing, Kevin. It could literally mean anything you want. You could literally even quoting the teacher from Charlie Brown. Like, <laughs> we don't know. I, I do love, I do love those tweets though, because like in a couple months or whatever it is, like when anything happens, you can you can relate that. You can quote tweet it and just relate it to anything in your life, like just the, whatever. So good job, Wilson. You got church. those engagement numbers up. Someone was up there getting the speech at the podium and just like oh. I just watched the uh the video the magical cameo that was we've been through a lot with the whole me being on the White Sox and now the Cubs, but we're <laughs> gonna get through this, buddy. Happy birthday. <laughs> so good. Um well, by the way, they, is it just me or is Nick Magical? Is he do the biceps look a little bigger? Dude, he's gonna be good, man. He's gonna be a fucking very good player for you. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna shock a lot of Cub fans that I've seen this a lot uh, on Cubs Twitter. There's a lot of like bad mouthing the Cubs middle as being absolutely unacceptable, which obviously you'd love to upgrade, of course, but no, Nico no. Horner, Magical together. Cub fans are, I've seen a lot of this sucks. Like, mm, mm, like it's not going to be good. Homers. And I'm like, uh, that's not their job. That there's other, that's that, that's they're the per peripheral guys. Let's go. But I do see a lot of Cub fans resistant to those two up the middle. So I, I, if the Cubs go into the regular season with those two, up I the am middle, with them. A lot of Cubs fans. Are you part of that? No, I. But here's the thing. Like I've said before, it's nothing against Nico Horner or Nick Magical. It's the right. guys who are available. Right. right. If, if you land one of those, when well, you have guys old. available, you don't get this again. We've been hearing the same shit for three years. And again, the big guy is Lindor. Never got the free agency. Uh, like some other guys, never got the free agency. Um, when you do get, when you do have that opportunity, you you better fucking get one of them because you don't get these. You don't get four to five elite shortstops every. I still think a flooded market really. Basically, it's like having a ton of like having that ton of options. It's like again, it's inflation almost. You can. Yep. You can and again, they, it goes back to what I was saying about the White Sox. There is nothing wrong with improving your depth by getting a better player. <laughs> these right. guys are better players than these guys at the stages of the career. So the other thing I want to say was um, I wanted to give a, a solid big shout out to another friend of the show, uh, the Lockdown White Sox podcast. That's Chris Tannehill and Herb Lawrence. Uh, they hit half a million downloads for Ooh. 2021. Uh, I know those guys work their ass off. They do a lot of weird hours. It's got to be so fucking hard to do a show every fucking night. Um, and they always pump out. Uh, they no days off with those guys. Mm -hmm. It's always quality. It's always good shit. Um, I will neither neither confirm nor deny that Tanny called me arguably his favorite Cub fan. So, I yeah, those guys are uh, they're aces in my book. So, uh, I definitely want to 
give them a congratulations from Pinwheels and Ivy to them on a hell of a milestone. So good job, fellas. That guys. Um, you guys got anything else? Because, yeah, we're, we're over the hour 15-minute mark here. And this onesie is fucking tight. So I gotta, you're, you're getting hot is what you're getting right now. Uh-huh. I'm sure. That, that is – I remember I was doing I, – didn't I do – I think I did a broadcast with us in a onesie before. And I'm like, yeah, hot. <laughs> I think yeah, you it's, did. It's a little warm. So, so I just want to final – let's do a final number for each of you in terms of our teams, our, what, how we feel about our teams doing a, you know – a big signing, you can a big can mean whatever you want in your book. But Zoe, you mentioned earlier how you're mad at the White Sox right now because you think they're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. So, what is your confidence level right now on Sox making a big, splashy free agent signing? We have to define splashy. Oh, okay, big. Uh, like, is Michael Conforto splashy? Yes. Okay, so knowing that, did you just take a screenshot of that? No, no, I was taking a screenshot of Tannehill saying that I'm one of his favorite Cubs people. Oh, there you go. Um, Go and scrap Like if Conforto is like the baseline of a big splashy signing, Mm -hmm. then I would that ups my percentage. I'm at like eighty six point three percent. Oh shit! Okay, so you're not mad at the White Sox at all? No, I'm I'm pre getting mad. I'm pre mad. There's a difference. Wait, so wait, so who are you mad mad that they wouldn't get like Simeon or who? It's a slow escalation. No, I think Conforto is going to be the splashy signing. No, but like you said earlier, that you're mad because you think you don't think they're going to make a big. So who would your? Well, because when I said that earlier, I didn't think Conforto fell into the splashy. So who level. do you think would be a big splashy signing? Simeon. Okay, so okay, so let's rephrase it then. So mm-hmm. what are what are how confident are you that they will do that? Like a Simeon. Yeah. Not very at all. Well, uh, Kevin, any big sign, any any multi-year signing for the Cubs? <laughs> um, yeah, Daniel Descalso. Yeah, uh, Daniel Descalso, two-year, five million dollar deal. <laughs> uh, I again, look, I'm expecting minor league contract after minor league contract after minor league contract. If the Cubs, obviously, the only thing that they've done right now has been a minor league contract and then picking up a guy off of waivers and just taking the option. They've not signed anybody. We have no, we don't know as a Cub fans. If they, you know, again, I get cryptic lawyers speak today. When, when, when Jed did say that, that, that quote that I gave earlier was Jed being vague. We're going to, we're going to try and compete. We're you know, the goal is to get to the playoffs. Remember the goal a couple of years ago was like winning world series. Now it's, let's just get to the playoffs and see what happens. Now that's kicking a can down the road. That's, that's the undersell. Usually you oversell saying it's world series, which means you got a playoff bound team. that's at least good enough. Now, if you're going playoff bound, you're like, shit, we might finish fourth in division. And he uses that lawyer speak. So it he can go back and say, well, I never said we were going to go overboard. I said we were going to spend intelligently, which to them intelligently in Ricketts speak could be not spending more than Ricketts, you know, more than the budget that he's given by his owner is intelligent spending technically because you're figuring the math out intelligently. But they're going to play around it when they make real signings. I'll until then, it's going to be I'm, I'm expecting minor league deals. I don't expect. I really don't expect, especially any short step as a QO. I really hope, to, honestly, I, again, you guys know I don't I hope they don't sign Javi, but I don't, I, I, I just don't, I don't have faith right now in it. We'll see. I believe it's, I'm at the, I'll believe it when I see it. I have to, it works over faith at this point. They've, they've proven that to me is all I need to see. So I don't know. I have no idea if they'll sign anybody other than like random, which is good for chasing, I guess. Do my only deal. Another thing too is I am not. As convinced as I was a couple weeks ago that Cassianos is the guy. Ooh. What changed that? 
stats. Like oh, actually, actually, looking, actually looking at the stonks. His okay. home road splits are atrocious. His righty lefty splits aren't great. He's not the best fielder in the world. Nope, he's that he's not. It's just it's not as a. I would I I would welcome him. I'm not picking him up at O'Hare though. Okay, okay. Texans would actually sell their own children to get him. I think so. Get his Uber now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, no, out of the two, like Comforto or Castellanos for the Sox, I'd Comforto every time. Yeah. So Comforto. here's another new fun thing that's going around on the internet as Pubs we too, uh, as we record here. <laughs> Apparently, some dude is at a wedding that Matt Olson's at from you know the A's first baseman. A's, yep. And through conversations at this wedding. He's telling this other dude who's posted screenshots of the text conversation that Olsen has been told he'll be traded by tomorrow to the Yankees. Hmm. Wednesday night is at a wedding? I think this happened like over the weekend and it didn't happen. But people still, people are thinking it's just because they had to like work some shit out. (laughs) I got some text too. I'll send it from my computer to my phone. Change the name at the top. It must be them. And it says their name. <laughs> it even has a profile pic that looks like it was downloaded from Google. Like, I want to believe these things so much. But yeah, I always the, feel like... I, always I, feel like I think it's thing, great. I love no, it. No, but like, I always feel like the things that do end up being true, like, you don't see those until after the fact. Right. Like, there's, they're like stuck on like a corner of Reddit right now. The things that are true, that are going to happen. They're mm-hmm. not on Twitter yet. Katy Perry's booty hole. There you go. Oh, the return. And on that note, with that phrase, <laughs> Brown that night. was the show this week, everybody. Uh, that's K Fitz. That's Aldo. I'm Zo. Bing bong. We'll see you guys next week. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now Wrigley or Gantee So the whole league that we hear now New show with a new mood Discussions and interviews Straight rumors that might be This is Pinwheels and Knife Yeah This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on the boy, yeah Every season they get all changed Take me out to the bar game This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on the boy